0: Welcome to Cars. Yeah, show number 451.
1: The best thing is to just put a smile on your face first thing in the day and just go through it as if, uh, you know, you don't care about the bad stuff, just the good
0: stuff. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Bill Fleischman. Bill, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Let's do it. All right. Great to have you here. Bill Fleischman is the chairman of the board and CEO at WF Investment Corporation and more importantly, WF Classic Cars in Los Angeles, California. Founded in 2008, WF Classic Cars specializes in the acquisition, restoration, and sale of unique collector cars, best described as exotics and post-war classics. Future plans include a new facility where there will be a showroom, automotive storage facility for its customers' cars, and a clubhouse. And in addition to a safe place to store vehicles, an exclusive clubhouse will provide collectors with an automotive-themed environment where they will enjoy their cars with like-minded enthusiasts. Bill, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? I'd be happy to, Mark.
1: I started out as a lawyer, graduated from UCLA in 1970, and uh, went to work for a large law firm in Los Angeles. And after practicing law for about 20 years, I decided that I wanted to uh, make some money for myself rather than my clients. So (laughs) I, uh, I wound up starting an investment company in 1980. And we, uh, six guys, uh, along with uh, myself, put together some investment capital and did some private equity transactions, which turned out to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And by the year 2000, I was ready to retire. I figured I'd enjoy myself a little bit with some of the money we'd made. And my wife said, "You can retire, but you can't stay home." You
0: know, <laughs> I've heard she that said, before.
1: <laughs> she she said, "Get get a hobby, and it can't be girls." Well, <laughs> so w- what we did was we started uh, WF Classic Cars. And it's more than a hobby; it's it's grown into a business. We Mm -hmm. uh, we specialize, as you mentioned, in uh, uh, post-war collectibles. Uh, We have some earlier cars, but mostly post-war collectibles and exotics. Mm. So that's that's been our that's been our uh, mainstay. We're uh, online at WF Classic Cars. Folks can take a look at us, and we're happy to talk to people about uh, either making acquisitions or making sales. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I I think you're, you're familiar with the Peterson Museum and the Checkered Flag 200.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely.
1: A lot of friends there and and a lot of opportunities to go on rallies and enjoy our cars. So it's not just uh, a business for us. It's it's a lifestyle. And we were up uh, in uh, Calgary last year. And we uh, went to the Calgary Stampede. We drove through Canada. We've had some very, very interesting rallies with members of the checkered flag and uh, people that are customers of our company. Uh, We've been down to New Zealand. uh, Wow. Quite an interesting trip. It was put together by Doug Whiteman as one of the directors of the uh, Peterson. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've also... uh, got a rally planned for this uh, this June, June 2016, in, in Scotland. So we're looking forward to that.
0: Oh, my gosh. You're busy.
1: And, and my wife, uh, uh, who's from Argentina, put together a uh, three years ago a tour through uh, the Seven Lakes region, Bariloche, in that area. Oh, my gosh. So, so we, we've had some great trips.
0: Wow. Well, you are certainly having fun. You know, I've heard this from many people that they retire and they get involved in their passion. And, and pretty quickly, being business people, that passion becomes another business. But it's very different than your original career, I'm sure. and I've had a lot of people on the show here from the Peterson Museum, one of the original founders of the Checkered Flag Club, uh, Bruce Meyer, of course. Barry McGuire have been on the show. uh, Terry Cargan, Leslie Kendall from the Peterson. I've had all sorts of people down in your part of the world as guests here on Cars. Yeah, so it's great to have you here as well. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really nice way. To get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah, I know you love to drive. So, Bill, take the wheel.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny—a success quote. I, I actually have sort of a negative one. I got—I got from I got my dad, <laughs> and it's been part of my life really since I started practicing law. Uh, I used to say to my dad when I was upset about something, you know, that's not fair, and he'd say, you know, life is not fair.
0: <laughs> I've heard that one. Yeah.
1: So, so deal with it. So that's what I've been doing. I've been dealing with it. There are ups and there are downs, and the best thing is to just put a smile on your face first thing in the day and just go through it as if. Uh, yeah, you, know, you don't care about the bad stuff, just the good stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great way to uh, look at life. Well, tell me a little bit, when you think about that quote and how it's helped you with your career, how has that helped you with things you deal with in this new business? Not that the business is that new, but with your car business now, how has that quote helped you in that spectrum of what you're doing?
1: You know, it's interesting. We, uh, from time to time, make acquisitions, some good, some bad. By that, I mean we get cars that uh, haven't been thoroughly vetted, and they turn out to be uh, kind of a headache to get right. Mm -hmm. But the the fact of the matter is, if you do it for fun, and and frankly, this is not for the money, it's for fun. And if you do it for fun, then you don't get upset about things that don't always go your way. And life is unfair. and, And if you can still enjoy your hobby and make it a business, it's a great way to go.
0: Yeah, you're a fortunate guy, definitely. Tell me a story about what instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment that occurred in your life when you really realized that you were a car guy.
1: <laughs> there are actually two. Awesome. Let, let me give you the one most recent. In 2000, when I mentioned that I, I told my wife I was going to retire, she said, "Let's uh, Let's go down to the Ferrari dealership in Beverly Hills and, and buy a Ferrari." So, <laughs>
0: wow, that's a nice wife.
1: Yeah, that really is. I mean, she She figured she'd get me out of the house. <laughs> So we uh, we went down to Beverly Hills. We ordered a, uh, at the time, the, the 550 Maranello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, uh, we ordered a black car with uh, with a beige interior. And um, they said, they were very nice. They said, if you guys are going to be in Europe anytime soon, you're welcome to visit the factory as a customer of our store. Wonderful. So we went to uh, Modena and, and visited the factory Maranello. And while we were there, we saw a 550 Maranello just roll off the line in what's called Fiorano Rosa, which is like a burgundy color car. Oh, Yes. And she took a picture of it. And, of course, they yelled at her, you're not allowed to take pictures there. But it's a good thing we did because we came back to Beverly Hills. And he said, well, what shade of red was it? So we showed him the picture. He said, fantastic. So that we changed our order, and I became hooked. That was it. I was a car guy.
0: <laughs> well, that's pretty lucky. Yeah, and you're lucky they didn't throw you out. I've been to the factory several times. And, yeah, they're very strict about pictures. So,
1: Well, I don't blame them. I'm sure they have a lot of a lot of stuff there that's proprietary, and they don't want uh, spread around. But I'm glad she took the picture anyway.
0: Absolutely. I I think I actually got yelled at for taking a picture outside of the factory one time. There was an area that I guess I wasn't supposed to be taking pictures in. But fantastic place. I'm glad you got to do that. And there's nothing like seeing an actual car in the actual color that uh, can sway you one way. And living where you live, I think you're much better off instead of a black car. Boy, they are tough to keep clean and they're hot in that part of the world where you live. So I think you made the right choice. I'd love to crawl under the hood and talk a little bit about a challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. This is a really important part of our talk because it helps our listeners realize that, you know what, even people that on the outside look very successful have dealt with challenge and have dealt with failure and have gotten past it. Is there one occasion that happened with you and and maybe you could share how you overcame that situation and what did it teach you? Well, you know,
1: uh, as a lawyer, you win some and you lose some. Mm -hmm. And although I was a peacetime lawyer, I didn't litigate. I was mainly involved in real estate transactions. There were a number of transactions where I didn't go our way. And like I said, you know, uh, I, I didn't sweat it. I tried to try to, to deal with it. Uh, when we became an investment company, we found a, um, a hotel property up in Santa Barbara, which is a fantastic facility. And we met, went and met with the owner and we agreed to the sale. We signed the documents. About a week later, I brought by our lender and our lender met with the, uh, with the seller, which is a huge mistake because they cut a deal where he refinanced his property and and breached our contract. What? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, these things happen. So I had to make a decision, Mark. I had to decide, am I going to sue everybody? Or am I going to go on to the next deal? And you know something? Life isn't fair. Deal with it. I went on to the next deal.
0: Yeah. Probably best. Oh my gosh. That was a low blow. You know, it's just, it's shocking what some people do sometimes. It is.
1: And I've had a, the same thing happen in the car arena as well. And, and I'm not going to mention any names because you know these people. Yeah. I was on a um, a trip up to uh, to Seattle where there was a, a kind of a tour of garages up there. Mm-hmm. At the time I was looking to buy a 959 Porsche. Oh, nice. And I spoke to a, a guy who's a Porsche expert about the car. And he said, no, no, he says, I know that car. You don't want it. Hmm. So on Monday, I called up the seller to say, I'm going to pass on the car. I said, it's too late. you already, It's already been sold. Uh, let me
0: guess who bought it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't want to mention any names.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. You know. It happened. And working in law, you see people that do uh, dirty deeds and under the table things all the time. And you just shake your head at people that behave like that. But you're right. It's best just to move on, clear the way, stay away from those kind of folks and learn your lessons. And uh, hopefully there's something they did at the beginning that you can take forward in your relationships with the next guy and you'll see that little glimmer of hmm, this may not be the right person for me to be with
1: you're absolutely right the the bad people you stay away from and you learn from the experiences you don't have to win at every occasion but you can win by just moving on
0: yeah you know my wife i've been married 31 years and she has a great saying she says you know you didn't even know it but you dodged a bullet with that one and I think that's a nice way to look at it as well. Just realize that there was something else that, if it had gone through, could have gone even worse, and you didn't even know that that bullet passed by and that you're okay. So,
1: and you know, as a lawyer, uh, and I have litigated many times, it really eats away at you. It takes a lot of time, a lot of money, and it's not worth it.
0: It's not worth it. Absolutely. Now, best to uh, to move on, and the biggest challenge is to learn how to forgive. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had a. A real career aha moment. I like to say it's when the Marshalls come on and light your way for this new idea, this new direction. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well,
1: I think my aha moment dates back to my acquisition of a gullwing. Ooh. We had uh, decided that we were going to bid on a gullwing, which was being auctioned off in uh, Pebble Beach uh, several years ago. And uh, we didn't go to the auction itself because we had dinner reservations. I figured I'll never get the car anyway. Mm-hmm. So- um, uh, we were at dinner and my phone rings and it's the auction house. I said, do you want to bid? I said, sure. So I, I bid up to the maximum that we'd agreed to and went back to dinner. And it sold for the next highest bid, which was, uh, I think at that time, 525000 Wow. Okay. A few days later, I get a call from the guy that owns the auction house and he says, are you still interested in that car? I said, why? He said, well, our our buyer defaulted. Mm. So guess what? I got the car at my price.
0: And you got your dinner. <laughs> and I got and I
1: had my dinner, and that was the aha moment. It says, "You know, just just keep trying. It's it's eventually going to go your way."
0: Yeah, and well, and the the great thing was you knew what your limit was, and you stopped. And so often, you get caught up in the heat of the moment, especially with auctions, and you go past where you think you should be. And in this case, holding those cards firm worked out great for you.
1: You're absolutely right. And, and, you know, you, you, think about things like that and auctions are a great way for sellers to liquidate cars because, uh, you get a, ma- a maximum audience. But for a buyer, you know, you don't get a chance to really look at the car, get to another car. In this case, I knew the seller, so I knew the car was good.
0: Ah, uh, awesome. Well, I'm so happy that you ended up. Do you still have that vehicle?
1: I do. I love it. It's one of, one of my favorite cars.
0: Yeah. They're beautiful. Ah, uh, awesome. Congratulations. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many. You've, you've been in business in several different businesses for so long now, but is there one moment that stands out for you as the proudest?
1: Well, let's see. Uh, There's there's probably a few. Uh, There was an acquisition we made in 1980 as part of the investment company. Most of my partners said, let's avoid this because based upon the the uh, cash flow from the business and the debt service we're going to be incurring in, in the operation, we're not going to be able to support it We'll have to feed the business. Mm-hmm. Well, I made the deal anyway over their objections because I was the boss. <laughs> and uh, a company we bought for three point nine million dollars is probably worth forty million today.
0: Oh, wow! So they
1: they were wrong and I was right, but I didn't I didn't rub it in.
0: No, no, you never want to rub it in because uh, you, you know sometimes those deals go the other way. So, uh, but awesome, great, great move, great move. Congratulations on that one as well. Let's have a little bit of fun here. I would assume you've had many cars in your life, but let's talk about the first car you ever got that was really, really special for you and maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle.
1: Okay. The very first car I got, which wasn't special, it was the very first car I got, period, was an Austin Healy Sprite, a Bug-Eyed Sprite.
0: Nice. Love those.
1: And I bought it in 1963. Mm -hmm. I was finishing my uh, last year at Berkeley and it was my first car and I drove it from Los Angeles back up to Berkeley. Paid five hundred dollars for a cute little car.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The day that I bought it, I had to get the radiator replaced, which at that time was a lot of money. It was seventy-five bucks. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I drove up to uh, to Berkeley with the car, and I got to Berkeley, and I and I, uh, I we made it. And the next morning, I looked at the uh, the dials, and and it had zero zero oil pressure. Uh-oh. So I took it down. I took it down to the service station. She said, "Well, that's because you got no oil in it." <laughs> so she <laughs> said, "Not only does it burn gas, burns a lot of oil." Yeah. It was a fantastic little car, and I wish I had it back today.
0: Yeah, you know, sometimes those first ones and the adventures that we have with them are really special. How about a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? And I'm going to preface this with not because it's worth a lot of money, because that's too easy. You know, the way car prices have gone, especially in the last four or five years, has just been crazy. But let's talk about emotion or a car that just had a special meaning for you that you did let go, but you wish you had it back.
1: Well, you know, I, I've got a fondness for Porsche. And at one point I had a 356 Cabriolet. And the car was just such a fun driver, but very underpowered, of course. Mm-hmm. But when I when I think about doing the twisties up a Mulholland Drive, I say, you know, that would be a great car to have back.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. I'm a big fan of Porsches as well. So, uh, wonderful car. How about a car that you purchased and shortly thereafter you just went, "What was I thinking?"
1: Well, I can answer that one pretty quickly. <laughs> it was it was a Lamborghini 400 GT, one of the early ones, of the interim cars. Oh, yeah. The very first Lamborghini was a 350, and then they built a better transmission and uh, did a, a little bit bigger engine. But they only made, a, they only made 23 of them. It was called the interim car before mm-hmm. the uh, 400 2 plus uh, 2. Yeah. Uh, so I found one in Chicago that was owned by David Jansen, the actor. Oh, okay. And I said, well, let's take a shot at it. So we bought it. And it had to be fully restored because it was in pretty bad shape. Mm-hmm. So uh the estimate to restore it was X. The uh, cost to actually restore it was 2X. The time, oh. same thing. Oh, gosh. So it, it, it was a nightmare. It took, it took twice as long as I would have liked. It cost twice as much. Fortunately, the market it continues to rise. I, I have the car, and it's I'm not underwater. I'm okay.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So it sounds like you're a keeper of most cars that you've acquired.
1: You know, as long as the market goes up, I'm reluctant to sell, obviously – A lot of folks say that we've hit a plateau and that things are starting to soften, Mm -hmm. uh, that the market, uh, you know, with the economy strengthening uh, may go down. People are putting their money back into business transactions rather than cars. Mm -hmm. I had an interesting dinner the other night with McKeel Haggerty, and we're talking about values. Yep. And uh, he keeps a pretty close finger on that stuff. Oh, uh, you yeah. know he, th- he thinks he thinks a lot of the high end cars will always have great value, but the cars that I like, which are the ones we can drive, um, there may there may be they may have peaked, and then we may see some softening. So this would be, might be a good time to sell some things and buy them back later.
0: Yeah. Well, very interesting. I like that. Buy them back later. Yeah. McKeel, I've known him for many years. He's been a guest here on cars. Yeah. And. I love their valuation tool. It's really nice. I think they have a really good finger on what the values of cars are these days. And certainly the increased values have helped his business greatly because as we have to re-insure our cars, as I do with my collector car, those uh, costs go up as the car values go up. So uh, it's worked well for him as well.
1: He's, he's a great guy. He's a very good businessman and very ethical. Uh, he told yeah. me a story about uh, Hurricane Sandy on the East Coast. Mm. Apparently, a lot of guys lost their cars, and he just wrote him a check. He, no questions asked. He wrote him a check. Right. Then with some of those cars, he took them to a shop and helped restore them with his, with his staff and then gave them back to the owners, just gave them back. Isn't that a great story?
0: He is a great guy. I love his company. I've met many people from his company, great people. He's, he has insured many of my collector cars over the years, and I've heard that from people that have had claims where they've lost cars through damage, fire, or theft, and uh, usually no questions asked. It's just, uh, you know, you get what you pay for, and when you uh, get next to a good insurance company and you have to use them, you really realize what you're paying for is you're getting that protection that you always thought you had. In some cases, it's not the truth with other companies. So No, we're, we're lucky. In many
1: cases, the insurance companies only take your money. They don't pay out. But in, in his case, he's very good. I had lunch with the guy that runs the auto club, and they said they were going to try to get into the uh, collector car business. So I sent him the information from Hagerty, which I have. He said he couldn't compete. They're well-priced, and they, and they perform.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great company, great guy. How about current projects? We're into the new year here, and I'd love to hear a little bit about, I know you have a very exciting new project coming up with your business, and I hope that you want to talk a little bit about that. But what's happening with your business this year in 2016?
1: Well, one of the things we've decided to do is move to bigger quarters. We found a a 14,000-square-foot building in the uh, South Bay, and we're in the process now of uh, redoing it and doing the floors, the the paint, and so on, Mm -hmm. trying to make it a proper place. It'll be more than just a a showroom. It'll be also a a lounge area where folks can come in and have a glass of wine or smoke a cigar. So that's that's on the on the horizon for this year. In in terms of cars, I was sent a a very interesting two eighty nine Cobra today. Expensive, but off market, and uh, it looks really great. The prices the prices are 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 startling. But uh, (laughs) yes, I think those Cobras have nowhere to go but up.
0: Yeah, they're such an iconic car, iconic mark. The history, blue chip for sure. So that sounds very exciting. Love to hear that. When will your new facility be built out? Do you have some of a projection of when things will uh, be open for folks?
1: Yeah. Uh, right now, we're we're closing escrow. We're uh, waiting for the closing next week. And then we've got the people going to bead blast the floor and the painters, the paint and so on. It's it's going to be several months, but hopefully by the summer, we'll be open.
0: Very nice. Love it. Love to hear that. Great. Congratulations.
1: And, and you're more than welcome to visit when you're in L.A.
0: I'm looking forward to that as well. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Bill. If you were a car, and this isn't about the kind of car you want to be, it's more about how you perceive yourself manifested into an automobile, what kind of car would you be and why? I'd probably be a Chevy. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And, and, And the reason being is
1: because I grew up in Alhambra, California, and my folks, we were poor. I didn't know it, but we were poor. And I went to public schools, and I went to UCLA and Berkeley, and so pretty much got educated at public expense. So I I hope I haven't changed in terms of my background uh, simply because I I have done well and and, and some of our projects have worked out. Mm -hmm. So I think I'd be kind of a basic all-American car if I I, I wasn't a guy, I'd be a car.
0: (laughs) I like that. Very nice. So, Bill, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Bill, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Buy the best you can afford.
0: (laughs) I like that one. I've heard that from a lot of folks. Definitely, definitely important. And buy what you like, because if you get stuck with it and the market turns down, at least you'll have something you love, right?
1: Uh, that's uh, rule number one. Actually, you're absolutely right. Don't buy something because you think it's going to be valuable and resale. Buy it because you enjoy driving it, because you never know.
0: Yep, you don't. Yeah, ever and, by, know. and by the
1: way, I, I drive all my cars. None of them are. None of them are trailer.
0: Oh, I love to hear that. I love it. I hate cars that just sit in people's collections and never get out. It's great to drive them. It's great to share them with other people. Fantastic. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Hmm.
1: That's a good question. <laughs> I, I guess you know I'm, I'm always willing to compromise. I, I don't want to sound like a, a, a weak person there, but if somebody, somebody takes a hard line with me and, and, and takes some compromising to get the deal done, I'd rather make the deal happen and get half a loaf rather than none. Mm. So I think the ability to compromise in a way that doesn't really harm either side, I always look for the win-win
0: great way to think about life and business. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy?
1: Uh, Do you know the uh, publication? It's actually online called The List. The List? T-H-A-L-I-S-T. Oh, okay. Check it out. It's for dealers only, but it's very interesting because you get wholesale opportunities that probably aren't presented to the public.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: it's an opportunity to see what prices are bringing across the country from people that are exclusively in the buy-sell side of things, not collectors.
0: I see. Okay. So you have to be an automotive dealer with a license, that kind of thing? Yes. Okay. I understood. How about a book? Is there one book in particular that you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy reading as well?
1: Well, there's a bunch, but the one that I really enjoyed just because I love dogs and I love racing, is called The Art of Racing in the Rain.
0: Yeah. Garth Stein's book. Yeah.
1: Exactly right. Garth Stein's book. What a wonderful book that was. We have a, a great Shiba Inu here at, at home, and uh, you kind of wonder what, what they're thinking. Well, if you read the book, you'll know.
0: There <laughs> you go. It's funny you mentioned that breed of dog. My daughter was just visiting here. She lives in Scottsdale, Arizona, and, and we were talking about that breed of dog and how special they are and how cool they are. So...
1: They're like a watchdog. They only bark when there's somebody around that shouldn't be there. Otherwise, it's absolutely quiet. And I mentioned before that I had some illness. He stayed by my side the entire time.
0: Wow. Yeah, very, very loyal. I've heard that about them. Great dog. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Bill's been so kind to share with us at carsyad.com slash Bill Fleischman. Bill's last name is F-L-E-I-S-C-H-M-A-N. And there's also a great place on the Cars website called Guest Recommended Books where... Bill's book and all the other past 240 guest books there for a quick link to buy. So make sure you check that out on the Carja yeah website. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. Bill, if you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price because today I'll buy you whatever car in the world you'd like to have, what would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why? I'm
1: going to get back to the Goldwing. The the uh, 56 300 SL that we have, we took on the Colorado Grand. It ran flawlessly. It was one of those hot hot uh, years. It has air conditioning that Jerry Jelton has put in for us. And the car is great visibility, great power, great handling. There's nothing like it. And the the steering wheel even tilts so you can get in and out easily.
0: <laughs> that, that that would be the car you know they are beautiful i've never had the luxury of driving one i've driven the roadster which i love with the top down but they are very special cars and you're so fortunate to have one so i guess this means i don't have to buy you a car right (laughs) you that's right i'm good i i appreciate that because some of the cars people choose on the show oh my gosh i've got to get the really big checkbook out but uh Beautiful car. Great choice. I'm so happy you have the car of your dreams and that you're out there enjoying it, especially on something like the Colorado Grand. What a wonderful tour that is. You have taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yacht listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your Mercedes-Benz wing?
1: Yeah. If you do what you love, then work will never seem like work. You enjoy yourself.
0: Absolutely. Great quote by Henry Ford. I love that quote. I have it as one of my salutations on emails, and uh, I believe it as well. Very important. That's what Cars is all about. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business?
1: Uh, They should log on to wfclassiccars.com and check it out.
0: Awesome. I would encourage all our listeners to go and check it out. Check out the cars that are there. If you're in the Los Angeles area, look Bill up so you can stop by and uh, see what he's got going on. And we're looking forward this summer to seeing your new facility all decked out and ready to go. Again, you can find everything Bill shared with us today at carsya.com. Just type Bill in the search bar and his very own show notes page will pop right up. Bill, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: i <laughs>